0: Just enjoyed being saved, enjoyed the Word of God and the message of God and the fellowship. Just what a great day it's been. Uh, Got a busy week this week. Uh, We got, I know of eight from our church and then Brother Glenn and his four. There'd be 12 of us going down uh, in the morning. So be in prayer for us uh, after church when the amen is said. I want to invite everybody over to the youth building. It shouldn't take long. I know... uh, There's a few things that are not packed up yet that we need to pack. Excuse me, we need to pack in Rubbermaid totes that are out there. And uh, I know of one trailer, Brother Norville, already packed his trailer full of stuff. And uh, so when he told me that, I kind of got concerned because there's still a lot of stuff out there. Uh, But I prayed the Lord would fill three trailers, and I think he's done it. So I praise the Lord for this. And uh, we're going down tomorrow for this, so be praying for us. Uh, Be praying that the Lord would use everything that we're taking. And I love how Brother Glenn put it. uh, This is just surface stuff that we're dealing with. And uh, I pray the the people would see the love of Jesus through this stuff. And uh, that somebody would be touched and get saved this week. And uh, pray for everybody going. I've seen Shady Grove headed down that way, passed through town uh, this afternoon. So remember them. Uh, Also Thursday... Is a very big day here. Uh, That's why we're getting back in time uh, Wednesday because Thursday I'm going to go work Brother Norvallee to death this week and then he's going to fry 100 pounds of fish. Uh, 3 o'clock Thursday, is that when you're going to get started? I imagine he can use all the help he can get. We're going to feed the law enforcement and first responders, so be here for this. My hope and prayer is that we can put a church member with every. Uh, sheriff's deputy first responder or family with them and allow them to pray over them and i'm excited about what god is going to do through that and uh, they're already so appreciative of the thought that we've had for this so be here for this Uh, first samuel chapter one as much as i enjoyed brother glenn i sure miss preaching this morning and uh so i may just go an hour or two tonight so Uh, I got one amen on that, that's not bad, so uh, I figured I'd get some old me's on there. 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 1, now there was a certain man of Ramathan Zophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth and, and Ephrathite. Man, I worked hard a long time on them names, and I think I got them. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other was uh, Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to a sacrifice unto the Lord of Hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phineas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave uh, Peninnah, his wife, to all of her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord... So she provoked her, therefore she wept, and did not eat. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, weepest thou, and why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart greed? Am I not, am not I better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli, the priest, sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul. And she prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man-child, then will I give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. Look down in verse 20. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel saying because I have asked him of the Lord and the man and the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow but Hannah went not up for she said unto her husband I will not go up until the child be weaned then I will bring him that he may appear before the Lord and there abide forever. And Elkanah, her husband, said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good, tarry until thou have weaned him. Only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode, gave her son suck, until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, and three bullocks, and one ephah of flour, and a bottle of wine, and brought him into the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew a bullock, and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word tonight. Lord, I pray that we would apply this appropriately to our life. Give us the understanding of your scripture. Lord, may you use this in a mighty way tonight. Thank you for this great story of Hannah. Lord, I love this lady and what a great example, what a great testimony. Lord, may we learn from her life. May we learn from what you did in her life and may we apply it to our life this evening. Lord, give me power to preach your word. And I'll be careful to give you the praise and the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to talk to you tonight about the life of Hannah. The Bible gives us stories of many, many lives. And we can go to stories of women. We can go to stories of men. We can go to stories of children. And all of these stories are given to us and for us for an example. Okay, we should never have the excuse when we are saved and born again that when we go through something that God, I don't know what to do. Because this book is full of great stories. This is the greatest history book that has ever been written. And there's no uh, book that has ever been written that is more applicable to our life and uh what we do on a daily basis, it is more applicable than any other book in the history of books. I want you to know that there is story after story after story in this book, so that when we get to the same situations that these people did, that we would handle it the way they did through the inspiration of God. We also have some stories of people that we know not what to do, amen? That they did the wrong thing. And so from that, we learn what not to do. And if we would take the Word of God and we would listen and read these stories and apply them appropriately, our life would be a lot easier tonight. And I want us to look at the life of Hannah. And we go through the women of the Bible. Hannah's got to be one of my favorite. I love Hannah. She is awesome. She is an awesome woman. Uh, She was a faithful child of God. She was a faithful mama. Uh, Man, what a prayer warrior. I love what God did in and through this lady. And I hope and pray that you receive a blessing from this tonight as I have. And just sit back and allow this woman in her life to bless you. God, give this story to us. Okay? And so let's see what God wants us to see to her life. And the story begins that she is married to a man with two wives. That's never good, amen? That's got to be trouble in the beginning. And so here she is, and she's married to a man that has another wife. And the issue here is that her womb is shut up. She's not allowed to have children. The other woman in this home, in this relationship, was allowed to have children, had daughters and sons. They would go up yearly. They would do the sacrifice. When I look at this, I see a family that was faithful to God. They were faithful to what God wanted them to do. They went to the temple. They offered. They did all of these things because they loved the Lord and they wanted to do the right thing, okay? When you love God and you want to do the right thing in the midst of loving Him, in the midst of trying to be a good Christian, it is easy, it is honest to face travail and in the midst of this woman regardless of how faithful she was she faced a life of travail in her whole life just about she faced travail every single day i want you to notice what it said in verse five but unto hannah he gave a worthy portion for he loved hannah but the lord had shut up her womb This simply means that God would not allow her to have children. Here's this other lady, and of course this other lady rubbed it in a lot, but here's this other lady that had these sons and these daughters, but Hannah, who had been so faithful to God, had not been allowed to have children. It hurt her. It ripped her heart out because she could not have children. She lived every day with adversity. Because every day this woman woke up with the thought process, I cannot have children. And every day this lady hurt because she could not have children. And every day she faced a life of travail. Every day she had to battle the thought, God's not going to let me have children. Every day she had to battle the thought that I'll never have a son. I'll never have a daughter. She had a battle that every single day. You know, there are people that have adversities that they have to put up with every single day. I'm fortunate. I'm blessed beyond measure. The things that I go through are small and little compared to things that other people go through. And I believe i mentioned this woman before, but Ellen Cartwright is an 80-something-year-old lady that lives in Wells, Texas that goes to Calvary Baptist Church in Wells, Texas, and one of the greatest women of God that I've ever met in my life. I love her with all of my heart. She has buried her husband. She had three children and has buried all three of her children, and she's buried two grandchildren. I've never in my life seen a woman that has gone through that much travail, and every day she has to wake up, And face the fact that she had buried all three of her children. She has to wake up every day and face the fact that she had buried both of her grandchildren. And face the fact that she had to bury her husband of 50 something years. And this woman has experienced a life of travail every day. There are things that people have in their life that every day, a sickness, a disease, an illness, every day you have to live without adversity. Child of God, every day we're going to face things. Every day there's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations. There's going to be things that we face. And hey, I wish that in our life that we could have a whole bunch of good days. But we're not promised that right now, okay? But we are promised that one day we're going to have an eternity of good days. Amen? And we have a promise that all of these things that attack us today will be wiped away. And when we get to go to heaven, we're not going to face this anymore. But here we have a lot of bad days. And every day this woman woke up. And I want you to know she faced travail every single day. Notice what it said in verse 6. And her adversary provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. So this trial had brought her to this place of brokenness. And in this brokenness, her adversary was the devil. That's our adversary. That's our enemy tonight is the devil. And the devil had taken this trial and this adversity and had on strings and was holding it in front of her and dangling these thoughts and dangling these things in front of her. And every day she had a look at the fact that she couldn't have children. Every day she had a look at all these other mamas knowing that she could never be like that. And every day the devil whooped on her and beat on her. And I'm telling you, he tempted her and he made... That little old trial seems humongous every day of her life. I want you to know the Bible says here in this verse that her adversary provoked her sore. I want you to know that that old sorry devil will provoke us sore. I want you to know the devil can take something that is so little and make it look so big in our life. He can take the smallest of afflictions and he can put it in our mind like it is humongous. And every day the adversary came to her and provoked her, and provoked her to a place where she was weeping and wailing and mad and upset. The Bible said for to make her fret. I want you to know the devil wants to make you fret. He wants to make you doubt. He wants to make you angry. He wants to make you mad. He wants you to get to the place that, God, I can't serve you anymore because this has happened in my life. Friend, I want you to know that I've sat down with families. I've sat down with individuals and said, I'll never serve God because I'm mad at God, because my child passed away, because I had a loved one pass away because of this tragedy or that tragedy. And I want you to know the devil took that tragedy and began to press it upon their minds and their hearts, and He provoked them. Notice what the Bible said, for to make her fret. Why does He do it? To make us fret. That means to worry. That means to stay up late at night and not get any sleep. That means to, to not be able to eat. That means to not have any peace. How many times do we fret because of the evil in our life? Because of the adversity in her, Isn't it amazing that just a little bit of, of adversity, the devil makes it look so big. And he just puffs it up in our life. Let me tell you something, the devil's smart. He's smart. He's good at what he does. But he ain't as good as my Jesus. Amen. He's not as good as my Lord. But here he was just pressing on her mind. Pressing on her mind, Get mad at God. Oh, the Bible said that God shut her womb up. Every day, I imagine that old devil came by. God, shut your womb. Get mad at God. Get mad at God. This is a life of travail that she's going through. Her adversary would not leave her alone. Notice verse 7. And as he did, so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. There she goes. This provoking, the devil provoked her. The devil used other people. The devil used the other wife. The devil used all these people. And I'm telling you, he sent his army after her to attack her and make her feel bad about this. She got to the point she wasn't even eating. I mean, this was weighing upon her so heavy. And her adversary just kept pressing and pressing and pressing. I want you to notice what it said in verse 10. And she was in bitterness of soul. That's a dangerous place to be. And she was in bitterness of so, soul. Do you remember uh, Naomi? Do you remember what she, when she came back from uh, Bethlehem and she got back, or excuse me, from Moab, she came back to Bethlehem, she had lost her two sons and her husband. Do you remember what she said? She said, call me Mara, because the Lord hath dealt very bitterly with me. And she had left the land of promise and lost everything she had. And she got mad, she got upset with the Lord, and got to a place of bitterness. And this is where this sweet woman, Hannah, who loved God, who was an awesome child of God, but she allowed the devil to prance upon her emotions, and upon her thoughts, and upon her doubts. And here she is in a place of brokenness that led to a place of bitterness. And she got bitter. My dad always had a saying, don't get bitter, get better. And as God's people, I'm glad that when we get bitter, God can help us get better. And I want you to know that if you're in that place of bitterness, you can get better tonight. My Jesus can get you to a place that you can get better. Because this woman faced a life of travail. And she faced things on a daily basis that she fought. She had her skeletons. She had her ghosts, She had all those things that we say we battle with every day. And she had them. And they had whooped her and got her to the place the devil wants us to get. And most of the time, that's when the child of God said, I'm done. That's when the child of God gets out white towel and throw it in. And said, I'm done with this. I'm done with this. Job's wife got to that point. She wasn't just telling Job to curse God and die. She wanted to do the same thing. We don't have any other point in living anymore. Let's just curse God and die. Because this is the place that we're at. And that's where Hannah was. That's where she was. Where she just said, I'm done, God. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this family situation. I'm sick of the devil. I'm sick that I can't produce a a child. I'm sick of this. And right then, she had a choice to make. She faced a life of travail, but notice her life of testimony. Oh man, notice this in verse 10. And she was in bitterness of soul, and she quit serving the Lord. It's not what it says. She was in bitterness of soul and began to cuss God. No, that's not what it said. Oh, child of God, would you look. When she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord. And prayed unto the Lord. What happens? What do you do when you... When you are bitter, you pray unto the Lord. What do you do when you face a life of travail? You pray unto the Lord. What do you do when you don't know what to do? You pray unto the Lord. You stop what you're doing, you don't do anything, and you fall flat on your face and say, God, I need your help. I want you to know what set her apart from so many people in the world is that's the place they say, I'm done, Um, this is over with, I'm ending my life, this is over with. I don't want to face it anymore. And she could have she got there. But you know what she did? She fell upon her face and she prayed unto the Lord. She cried out to God. Let me tell you something. If you're in a place of brokenness, fall on your face and cry out to God. If you're in a place of bitterness, fall on your face and cry out to God. Oh, aren't you glad we got a God to cry out to? Aren't you glad we got somebody to call on? When we're down and everything seems like we're out and life is over with and we have nowhere else to go, we have nothing else to do, I'm glad with Jesus there's always a way out. I'm glad with Jesus there's always help. The Bible says our help comes from above. Amen? I want you to know we need to look into the hills whence cometh our help. Our help comes from above. The Lord is our help today. The Lord is our refuge. And when she got to that place, she didn't turn to alcohol. She didn't turn to drugs. That's what a lot of people do today when they get to that place. Well, I'm just going to go get drugs. That's not going to help you. God is what's going to help you. Turn them tears into prayers and call out to a holy and righteous God. You know what the Bible says? God knows every hair on your head. Ain't that awesome? He knows your stature. He knows everything there is to know about you. You know what that means? I may not know your heart. I may not know your thoughts, but God does. God does. God doesn't look on the outward of man, but He looks on the heart of man. And He knows what's on your heart. He knows what's on your mind. He knows what you're thinking. If you're there like Hannah, cry out to a holy, righteous God. Oh man, I'm glad He's there tonight. Are you glad? Are you glad we can call out to him? Notice what it said. And prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. She did not allow her travail, listen now, to ruin her testimony. This woman loved God so much. And as hard as the devil was on her, she did not allow her travail to ruin her testimony. God's people, we have a bad time. Of allowing our travail to ruin our testimony. You say, preacher, how do I get to a place that I don't allow that? You fall on your face. And you cry out to a holy, righteous God. Oh, man, notice what she prayed. And the Bible says in verse 11, she wept sore. I'm talking about she, <laughs> she is pouring her heart out. I'm telling you, everything she had in her, she's pouring out to God. Notice what it said in verse 11. She vowed a vow. And said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid, and remember me, and I'll forget thy handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man-child. I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. You say, preacher, that's a mighty bold prayer. Child of God, we've got to get bold in our prayer life to God. If we want our travail to go away, sometimes we've got to get bold. And if we want our testimony to rule over our travail, we got to get bold with God. we got to get honest with God. You say, why did she ask that? Because that's what was on her heart. That's what was on her heart. It meant a lot to her, so it meant a lot to God. And so she just opened up her heart. She said, God, here it is. If you give me a son, if you give me a child, I'll give them back to you. You give me a boy, I will pray the Nazarite vow upon him. There will never, never be a razor upon his head. And I, I will do this if you give me this child. Well, she's sitting here praying. And she's sitting here pouring her hearts out. And the Bible said that the priest is sitting there, the man of God, and she, he thinks she's drunk. <laughs> Because this woman is going crazy. Because she's praying and calling out and her lips are moving. But notice what it said in verse 15. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Child of God, when's the last time you've just poured your heart out to the Lord? And you took your travail. And you placed it before the Lord. Why did she do that? Because her testimony was greater than her travail. Her faith in God was greater than what she was experiencing. I want you to know when things get bad, you need to go to God. Do not allow your travail to ruin your testimony. And here she goes before the Lord and she cries out. (laughs) The priest said, you've lost your mind. You've been drinking, woman. But I'm not drinking. I'm pouring my soul out to a holy, righteous God. Why didn't she cry out to the priest? Because she knew he couldn't help her. You remember that woman with that adversity for 12 years? That touched the hem of the garment? She went to every doctor. She went to every physician. She went to every psychologist. She went to everything that mankind made up. She put... Thousands of dollars into this and trying to get it fixed. She had this affirmity, But oh, one day she met Jesus. And oh, she seen Jesus walking. And we know Jairus was there. And they were trying to get to Jairus' house. And a woman came and fell and touched the hem of the garment. And oh, bless God, that, that part came out of Jesus. And she was healed that day. Oh, when doctors couldn't help her. When physicians couldn't help her, Jesus could. Why didn't, why didn't Hannah say, priest, I need this? Because the priest couldn't do it, only God could. We're carrying our adversity to the wrong place, people. We've got to carry to the one who can do something about it. Man, I know a man who can. He can do anything tonight. He can do anything. Her womb was shut up. And she prayed boldly. Child of God, we need to pray boldly. God, answer her prayer. God, take away this travail. If you're with me, say amen. Well, the Lord blessed her. God gave her a child. Isn't that awesome? God will answer your prayer in His time. And in His way. Y'all remember that, okay? And the Lord gave this child to her, but you know what she had to do? She had to fulfill the vow that she made unto God. Oh man, notice the Bible says in verse 20, Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come, But after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked him of the Lord. God might give you your Samuel if you would just ask for him. That's when she got him. Is when she got to that place and said, God, I've had enough. I'm putting it all on you. I want you to go to verse 24. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, three bullocks and one if of flour and a bottle of wine, and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, "Oh my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I'm that woman, I'm that woman that was shouting in the temple. The priest done thought I lost my mind. Priest thought I'd been drinking. <laughs> Priest thought I'd done gone crazy. I'm that woman, Lord. God knew who she was. God knew who she was. And here she comes. She said, I'm that woman that stood by thee, praying unto the Lord. I love verse twenty-seven. For this child I prayed. And the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? God is good. And He'll be good in your life if you'll just call out to Him and say, God, I need Your help on this. Man, this woman, she just sold out to Him said, God, I need You. God bless. Now I want you to notice the truth here. She lived a life of travail, a life of testimony, but a life of truth. Notice this in verse 28. Therefore also I have lent Him to the Lord, As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. What an awesome woman. How many times have we bargained with God? God, if you get me out of here, I'll never come back. God, if you get me out of here, I'll never do this. If you you do this, I'll do this. You better be careful bargaining with God. Because when God fulfills His side, He's going to expect you to fulfill your side of it. He did out of Hannah, he did out of Abraham, and so on and so on. And here comes this mama that wanted this baby so bad. And she was complete now. And here you go, God, I'm giving him back to you. She prayed, she cried, she wept sore for this little boy. And brought him to the temple said, God, here he is. Here he is, notice what she said. Oh, this is beautiful. Therefore, also, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord there. God, you gave him to me. I'm just going to give him back. God, you give this little boy to. I cried and I prayed, and you answered, and I'm just going to give him back. You know, at the end of the day, the three beautiful children that I have that look like their mama so much—that's why they're so beautiful. Trying to get points tonight, as you can tell. God gave me those kids, but I had to give those children back to Him to be used for His honor and His glory. How many times that God gave you and answered your prayer that you didn't use it for His honor and His glory? Samuel was going to become a priest, a mighty uh, great priest. He was going to anoint David. Isn't that awesome? David. Huh. David. The seed in which Jesus would come from. God used this man to go anoint him. And this woman, it all started with a mama that had a burden, that had a trial, that had travail. She just fell on her face and said, God, I need help. Here comes this little boy, this little man-child. She said, okay, I'm going to give him back to you. God has blessed us beyond measure. He has got us out of situation after situation. I want to ask you tonight, did you give it back to him? Did you give him the honor and glory for what he did? We get in the place that we're down and we're low, we call out to God, then everything's better and we say, oh, look what we've done. Shame on us. We get down, we get low, we run to the church house, we get faithful for a little while, everything gets better in our life, and then boom, we're gone. That's not giving it back to God. That's not giving Him honor and giving Him glory. Hey, every breath that you have in your body ought to belong to God. Every whisper, every shout, every song ought to belong to God. People ask me sometimes, "Well, do you listen to this music and that music, that music, child of God? if it don't honor and glorify Jesus, it ought not come out of our mouth. And I know I'm stepping on toe, but listen to me. If you are saved and born again, every song in your unction ought to be for the honor and glory and the exaltation of Jesus Christ. Because He has got us out of travail. He has got us out of the storm. He has got us through the fire time and time and time again. And shame on us when we don't give Him all the honor and all the glory. You say, preacher, can't we just have a little time where we get worldly and get secular and, and just listen to stuff that ain't about God? No! Everything about you ought to just say, thank you, Jesus. It <laughs> say You know, if I'm singing something that, that's not right or saying something dirty, I'm wasting my time and I'm wasting my breath. Because with that very breath He gave me To bring Him honor and glory. And this mama said, here you go, God. I'm going to give it to you. You know what's so awesome is every year, every year that mama kept coming. Oh, man, could you imagine the tears that she shed. And every year she got to see the growth of this little boy. Oh, she was faithful to go down every year. Every year. How many people say, oh, it hurts too bad. I can't go. But she wanted to go. Not just to see that little blessing, but to give God glory and to give Him praise. He's worthy of it tonight. Maybe you're here this evening and there's adversity in your life. Maybe you're in a place of brokenness or bitterness. I want you to know you need to fall on your face and cry out to a holy, righteous God. Story after story. I've preached sermons like this. You've heard me preach sermons like story, illustration, example after example. But we still fail to apply it sometimes. You know where the power of this is? And the application of it. You apply it tonight, you're going to experience something awesome. Stand with me. Miss Barbara's going to play. The altar's going to be open. Would you fall on your face tonight and say, God, here it is. If you have a public decision to make, I want to invite you to come right now. Make it. If you're here tonight and you've never been saved, would you come right now and let me show you how to be saved? You need to join this church, would you come right now?